Welcome to the College Investor Audio Show, where we talk about the biggest issues impacting millennial money, from student loan debt to side hustles to building wealth. We will show you how to get out of debt so that you can build real wealth for the future. Hello, welcome to the College Investor Audio Show. So glad you're along today. And today we're talking about a very important topic, how to start investing in your 20s, like right after college. This is for 22 to 29-year-olds specifically. If you know you want to invest, or at least you know you should start investing, but honestly have no idea how to start, who do you trust? Do you pay someone to help? How do you know you're not going to be ripped off? Or even worse, how do you know you're not going to lose all your money? Okay, for so for 20-somethings, investing is important and you know it. In your 20s, time is on your side. And the more you save and invest now, the better off you'll be later. But frankly, getting started investing after college is very confusing. There are so many options, tools, thoughts, blogs to read, and more. So what are you supposed to do? Well, here are some thoughts. First, let's ask the question, why should you even start investing early? Well, according to a Gallup poll, the average age investor started saving is 29 years old, and only 26% actually start investing before the age of 25. But the math is simple. It's cheaper and easier to save for retirement in your 20s versus your 30s or later. So let me show you. If you start investing with just $3,600 per year at age 22, assuming an 8% return, you'll have a million bucks at age 62. But if you wait until 32, just 10 years later, you'll have to save $8,200 a year to reach the same goal of $1 million at age 62. Just look at the cost of waiting. That's why it's so essential to start investing early, and there's no better time than right after graduation. Now, do you need a financial advisor? Oh, get that question all the time. If you're thinking of getting started investing, do you need an advisor? For most people, no. But a lot of people get hung up on this need for professional advice. Here are some thoughts on this subject from a few financial experts, and the overwhelming answer is no. First, let's take a look at Tara Falcon from Rise Up. She says, I don't believe that young investors need a financial advisor. Rather, what this age group really needs is financial education, simply because their financial situations aren't really complex enough yet to warrant the cost of an advisor or planner. Being proactive in increasing their financial literacy now will make those future conversations more productive. By speaking the same language as an advisor, they'll be better equipped to state their specific goals and discuss potential courses of action. Well, the fact is simple. Most people getting started investing after college simply do not need a financial advisor. I think this quote sums it up best for young investors from Nick True from True Tightwad. Young investors typically have a relatively small portfolio size so they should put their money into a target date retirement fund and focus on increasing their savings rate rather than choosing the best advisor or mutual fund. At that age, increasing savings rate and minimizing fees will go a lot further than a possible extra percent or two in return. Now that said, are there circumstances when talking to a financial advisor might make sense? Yes, just in some cases though. I believe that speaking with a financial planner not a financial advisor, big difference there, can make sense if you need help creating a financial plan for your life. Simply put, if you are struggling to come up with your own financial plan, 
how to save, budget, invest, insure yourself and your family, create an estate plan, all that stuff. It could make sense to sit down and pay someone to help you. But realize, there is a difference between creating a financial plan you execute and pay a fee for versus a financial advisor that takes a percentage of your money you manage. For most investors after college, you can use the same plan for years to come. In fact, we believe that it really only makes sense to meet with a financial planner a few times in your life, based on your life events, because the same plan you create should last you until the next life event. Here are some events to consider. After graduation and when you get your first job, getting married and merging money, having kids, if you come into significant wealth like an inheritance, approaching retirement, and then in retirement. You see, the same plan you create after graduation should last you until you're getting married. The same is true at the next life event. Why pay a continual fee every year when nothing changes for years at a time? Now, the next question we get asked quite a bit, should I use a robo-advisor or just kind of self-directed? If you don't go with a financial advisor, should you go with a robo-advisor? This could be a great option if you don't really want to think about investing, but you know you should. Honestly, you still need to think about it, but using a robo-advisor is a great way to have an automated system take care of everything for you. Plus, these companies are all online, so you never have to worry about making appointments, going to an office, and dealing with an advisor that you may or may not like. Robo-advisors are pretty straightforward tools. They use automation to set up your portfolio based on your risk tolerance and goals. The system then continually updates your accounts automatically for you. You don't have to do anything. All you do is deposit money into your account, and the robo-advisor takes it from there. If you want to go with the robo-advisor, we recommend Betterment. Betterment is a great robo-advisor for young investors. They make investing easy for beginners by focusing on simple asset allocation, goal-setting features, and low-cost portfolio management. You can check them out at thecollegeinvestor.com. Now that we got that out of the way, what type of account should you open? This is what makes investing complex. There are just so many different factors to consider. We've touched on a couple, and now let's dive into what account you should be considering. Employer plans. This is like 401ks and 403bs. First, for most recent graduates, focus on your employer. Most employers offer a 401k or 4013 retirement plan. These are company-sponsored plans which means you contribute and your company typically contributes a matching contribution. I highly recommend that you always contribute up to the matching contribution. If you don't, you're essentially leaving free money on the table and giving yourself a pay cut. If you're comfortable with contributing up to your employer's match, my match challenge would be to contribute the maximum allowed each year. As of 2018, that amount is $18,500 for people under 50. Okay, now let's do some dreaming. Imagine how much money you will have if you always max your 401k contributions. Make sure you keep up with your 401k contribution limits. Individual retirement accounts. This is like Roth and traditional IRAs. Okay, look at opening an individual retirement account or IRA. There are two main types, traditional and Roth. The benefit of these accounts is that the money inside the account grows tax-free until retirement. The downside is that there are limitations on withdrawing the money before retirement. 
If you're saving for the long run, these accounts make sense. But don't leverage them if you want to take the money in just a couple of years. The traditional IRA uses pre-tax money to save for retirement, meaning you get a tax deduction today, while a Roth IRA uses after-tax money. In retirement, you'll pay taxes on your traditional IRA withdrawals, but you can withdraw from a Roth IRA tax-free. That's why many financial planners love a Roth IRA, me included. In 2020, the contribution limits for people under 50, which is who we're talking about today, is $6,000. But you should focus on contributing that maximum every single year. Now moving on to health savings accounts, or HSAs. If you have access to a health savings account, many plans allow you to invest within your HSA. We love using an HSA to invest because it's like using an IRA. It has a ton of tax benefits and perks if you keep the money invested and don't touch it for health expenses today. Just invest and let it grow. If you have an old HSA and you don't know what to do with it, check out our guide for the best places to invest your HSA. You can move your HSA over at any time, just like you would do with an old 401k. Finally, make sure you try to max out your HSA contributions. You can always follow along with the different charts and things at thecollegeinvestor.com. There is kind of a best order of operations of what accounts to contribute and how much to do at a time. So we put together the best order of operations to save for retirement into a nice little article and infographic for you <laughs> at thecollegeinvestor.com. Kind of confusing to go through all of that in this one podcast. Okay, so now you have a better sense of where to get help, what account to open, but now you need to really think about where to open your account and have your investments. When it comes to where to invest, you should look at the following. Low costs, costs include account fees, commissions, etc. Selection of investments, especially look for commission-free ETFs. Website ease of use, a great mobile app. Availability of branches, it's kind of still nice to go in and talk to someone if you need to. Technology. Is the company on the forefront or always lagging the industry? We recommend using M1 Finance to get started investing. They allow you to build a low-cost portfolio for free. You can invest in stocks and ETFs, set up automatic transfers, and more, all at no cost. And of course, we've also reviewed most of the major investment companies and compare them at our online brokerage comparison tool at thecollegeinvestor.com. If you're looking to start investing after college, here's a common question we're asked all the time. How much should I invest? The answer for this question is both easy and hard. Hmm. The easy answer is simple. You should save until it hurts. This has been one of my key strategies and I like to call it front-loading your life. The basics of it are you should do as much as possible early on so that you can coast later in life. But if you save until it hurts, that later might be your 30s. So what does save until it hurts mean? It means a few things. First, you should make saving and investing mandatory. The money you want to invest goes into the account before anything else. Your employer already does this with your 401k, so do it with an IRA too. Second, challenge yourself to save at least $100 more beyond what you're currently doing. Come on, make it hurt. Third, work towards either budgeting to achieve that extra 100 bucks 
or start side hustling and earning extra income to achieve that extra $100. Here are some goals for you. Max out your IRA contribution, $6,000 per year, or $500 a month. Max out your 401k contribution, $18,500 per year. Max out your HSA, if you qualify for one, which is $3,350 for a single year, or $6,700 per family per year. If you side hustle to earn extra income, max out your SEP IRA or solo 401k. Investing allocations in your 20s. This is one of the toughest parts of getting started investing, actually choosing what to invest in. It's not that tough though, but it does scare people the most. Nobody wants to mess up and choose bad investments. That's why we believe in building a diversified portfolio of ETFs that match your risk tolerance and goals. Asset allocation simply means this. Allocating your investment money is a defined approach to match your risk and goals. At the same time, your asset allocation should be easy to understand, low cost, and easy to maintain. We really like the Bogleheads Lazy Portfolios, and we have three favorites depending on what you're looking for. And while we give some examples of ETFs that may work in the fund, look at what commission-free ETFs you might have access to that offer similar investments at low cost. You can quickly and easily create these portfolios at M1 Finance for free, like we mentioned earlier. The three ones are Conservative Long-Term Investor, Moderate Long-Term Investor, and Aggressive Long-Term Investor. And we have charts that give you exactly what percentage to allocate to each fund and the specific names for the funds at thecollegeinvestor.com. Just type in Start Investing After College and you'll find this article. Here are some things to remember about asset allocation, though. As you invest your portfolio, remember that prices will always be changing. You don't have to be perfect on these percentages. Aim for within 5% of each one. However, you do need to make sure that you're monitoring these investments and rebalancing them at least once a year. Rebalancing is when you get your allocations back on track. Let's say international stocks skyrocket. That's fantastic. But you could be well above the percentage you'd want to hold. In that case, you just sell a little bit and buy other ETFs to balance it out and get your percentages back on track. And your allocation can be fluid. What you create now in your 20s might not be the same portfolio you'd want in your 30s or later. However, once you create a plan, you should stick with it for a few years. Okay, now after all of that, <laughs> a lot to chew on today, here are some final thoughts. Hopefully, the biggest thing you see is that if you're looking to start investing after college, just get started. That's the biggest thing. Start. <laughs> yes, investing can be complicated and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. This guide kind of laid out some key principles to follow so that you can get started investing in your 20s and not wait until later in your life. Remember, the earlier you start, the easier it is to build wealth. And that is our show for today. Thanks so much for being a part of this and for supporting The College Investor. We're so, so grateful. You can find all of the charts, all of the reviews, and everything you need to know about investing at thecollegeinvestor.com. Tons of resources there in a big community of people who want to help you and guide you through the process. thecollegeinvestor.com. Thanks again, 
and we'll talk to you again real soon.